0: Hello, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Rad Talk, where Sports and Medicine Collide. Again, for this wonderful episode, I'm Dennis.
1: And I'm Gage. And I think for the second week in a row, I'm going to get us started here. usually leave these duties up to Dennis. But uh, I don't know what uh, made me think of this, honestly, other than we live it every day. But it's a very polarizing topic currently in medicine, and that is what the kids call burnout. So I thought today we could discuss a little bit, maybe give, you know, four or five, six reasons, whatever, uh, as to why we think burnout is so prevalent in healthcare, specifically, since that's where you and I work. Mm -hmm. I think there are some, maybe some obvious starting points and then maybe some not so obvious starting points. Um, But I'll get us started. So the first one for me, I think, is workload. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's hard to explain, you know, from a radiology perspective. Radiologist perspective, like how busy, like what's a busy day for a radiologist? But I mean, we're being asked to do so much more. It's so crazy how much, especially if you think of like most of my attendings were, you know, late 90s, 2000s, like earlier, you know, when they trained. So volumes weren't as heavy. But when you think of what we have to do now, the amount of volume we have to read is incredible. And I know that's not specific to radiology, you know, all facets are being asked to see more patients less and it's crazy so for me the first thing is easily volume i don't know how it is in
0: ultrasound but i'm assuming it's similar yeah 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 i think uh, everybody's getting burned out there's um which we'll touch on later i guess but i mean you hit burnout and, and the reasons why um is is definitely i think understaffing and and uh, mm. different I think that, that leads to it too. I mean, you're, if you were staffed appropriately that maybe you wouldn't be so tired.
1: <laughs> yeah. I um, think, I mean, they're just asking, we've mentioned several times before, you know, you I don't know if it was you specifically, or some of your friends are being asked to take less to do the mm-hmm. same job. Mm-hmm. So now you're asking everyone in healthcare to do more, mm-hmm. see more patients, do more scans, all this, that, but you're going to pay us less. You're mm-hmm. going to give us less resources. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, that's the the, the biggest contributor to uh, burnout. Yeah.
0: I, I, th- I think, yeah, and I agree with you. I think burnout happens um, pay-wise because you feel like you're undervalued because they're underpaying <laughs> you. I think burnout happens because you're understaffed. So yeah. you're, you're overworking yourself. And then I think burnout happens along with um, the people who are understaffed are also don't feel appreciated. Maybe, yeah. you know, maybe they're getting understaffed and and they're getting thrown pizza parties. Fuck, yeah, pizza parties. It's like, come on, guys, we're not six. And so they're, you know, they're saying we appreciate you. Here's candy or pizza or A slice of pizza or whatever it is. And you're like, I don't feel I, you know, I don't feel like you care about me. You're not. That's not how you show that you care. And I, and I don't know what aside from bringing on more staff, which I'm sure yeah. they're trying to do but I know in some instances they're not some places, yeah. you know, they, they have um, FTEs in full-time equivalents and, and they're choosing to not fill them because it, it helps make you look like you're making more money. Yeah. You know, if, I, if I have less people on staff
1: mm-hmm.
0: we're doing more work, then we're technically bringing in more money, but then that's showing that we have a higher need. But if you're not bringing it on, you makes your department look better. It you your, makes your department look more profitable. Maybe that particular manager, director um, is being looked at like, wow, look, yeah. how, look at the productivity there because everything's managed with the productivity level. So they'll look at, you know, if you're doing, as an example, like if you're doing 30 scans a day, if you're doing 100 scan, reads a day, whatever it is, and they say, okay. well, your productivity level is just like crazy. You know, your yeah. productivity is 150%. You're like, yeah, because we need another person.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, I don't want to be at 150%. That means I'm overworking my staff. My staff is tired. Um, and so optimally you want to obviously be at a hundred percent. Sometimes you're, you know, if you're overworking people, it's just, a, it's, it's a recipe for disaster, especially yeah. if they don't appreciate it. It's only a matter of time.
1: I think that kind of leads into another aspect, which is administration. Mm. You know, they're, if you work in medicine, you know that the like the C level suites, those kind of people are way overpaid to do nothing, uh, frankly. But from even an administrative perspective, in the sense that as doctors, everyone, like the amount of paperwork you now have to do, you know, to document everything you need to document to get paid for. And I don't have to, radiologists don't do charts, right? But a lot of doctors have to take work home. Mm-hmm. So, can uh chart for the patients they had just because they're seeing too many patients so they're just going from room to room to room so then they have to take all their extra work home which means you know you're at work when you're at home so that Mm -hmm. takes from the so-called uh work-life balance right so you're taking time away from your kids family things you would rather be doing which you should be doing you know you shouldn't be working after work if you're not getting paid for it Mm -hmm. so i think the the mental mental toll i think medicine's not really a physical uh, job i mean ultrasound i guess for you it can be but for the most part it's mental so you're just spending all this mental energy you get you know slammed at work all day Mm -hmm. taking phone calls reading scans doing all this other shit that you need way more at a level you shouldn't be doing it at and then Mm -hmm. if you work in a specialty where you have to chart you have to take that home and Mm -hmm. do all that kind of stuff to make sure you get paid because the, you know the c level c-suite level people we just talked about will be breathing down your neck because mm-hmm. they want the hospital to get paid so they get paid and so on and so forth so okay. i think administration administrative duties is kind of another right. large burden
0: and you know and i and <clears throat> just to throw this out there as an aside i know in a lot of um you know sonography departments that not sometimes you know it, obviously you want to have you want to be fully staffed sonographer wise but Sometimes the things that would really have made a difference would have been like the hire like an administrative in between person that answers the phones mm-hmm. that sched, you know, like helps with scheduling that just does, you know, writes on the board, organizes things, cleans rooms. So maybe you don't necessarily, you know, you can't bring on that sonographer that you need, but this, this person takes a lot of things away. Just kind of management's way of saying like, Hey, we care, we're trying. Whether whether yeah. you whether you just bring somebody else from another department to kind of help like help like it just the whole pizza party, yeah. uh, concept it's is dog pretty, shit it's stupid. It's, I don't know who came up with it, but and it's probably the same person that came up with the which was a good slogan. You know, in the height of COVID, with the healthcare heroes and and things like that. Yeah. But it and and they're you know they're heroes, but it's like you I don't know you, it, it doesn't feel like management really they throw I out these, it, these yeah. yeah they don't care they, they they feel like they throw out these things that sound really great but it's um, all marketing it's all pr yeah, stuff. and it's all it's all for folks outside the hospital I think. yeah you know, with a yeah the pr you know makes the hospital look really good when like the frontliners like every talk to the frontline folks who like really know what's going on um and get a pulse of the hospital you know you yeah. check your it's interesting with with business or with, with healthcare, care you check your finances like daily but mm-hmm. like you don't, you don't how often do you check in with your staff like are you Never. you mm-hmm. know and and, and there's and there's some good management and there's you know a lot of bad
1: yeah i feel like we only check in whenever the bottom line is not being met like oh we notice you Last month, you read 15,000 studies as a department. This month, it was only 14,500. Like, what happened? And you're just like, well, man, you know, things, it's life. I, I just yeah. feel like it's only in the, uh, the the stick. You don't get the, I guess, the carrot on the other end, but you always get the stick. Mm-hmm. So it drives me insane. I think another thing that I didn't, another thing that for me personally, I think other doctors probably as well, that I didn't realize until I was on my own was the stress of, making the decision, right? Like, you know, the decision, like I read a CT admin pelvis. Mm-hmm. Do I call something? Do I not call something? I know that it's about to affect one, how the record, how the ordering provider is like, perceives mm-hmm. it, like how it's going to change their treatment options or whatever. So the stress of being like making the decision and knowing it's going to affect the patient. Cause that's mm-hmm. what it's all about. It's just right. not something you're ever, ever prepared for in, training because there's always someone above you that final signs the report. Mm-hmm. So even if you're a resident that takes overnight call and you're by yourself, I don't, I mean, as long as, I mean, you can kill people obviously, because you make the wrong call initially, but as long as you get them through the night, someone else is going to take the, the mm-hmm. onus of that report in the morning. Right. So for me, it's a big deal. Cause sometimes yeah. I think about studies for a long time. I'm like, man, did I make the right call? I'll, I'll go back like a week later and see what they ended up doing right for the patient so i think for other doctors maybe you know techs as well but doctors for sure it's i know especially young doctors they they ag- we agonize over every mm-hmm. call that we either do or don't make
0: which which is which is you know which you care you do that because you care and and um and then you think about management doing the things that they do and you're like mm-hmm. like we care so much about our patients and it's our job to t- take care of the patients and it's the management's job to then take care of us. Yeah. And it's like, we're and maybe that's where the disconnect is, is like, you feel like you care and they, and you feel like they you don't. don't, you don't care about me. Why? Sometimes
1: you feel like they make decisions in direct opposite.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it, you know, the, this is actually hurting the patient. And you're like, this is not, yeah. this is not what I signed up for.
0: They're like, we're like, well, our productivity was we're like, if we can get our productivity to show like at hundred or at 145%, but if we can show like our productivity is 170%, then we can bring out another staff person. And you're like, why are we waiting? Like what? Yeah,
1: It's, I mean, that, that gets into like the business of healthcare, you know, it's become insurance companies and all this. They just make it a, a business. So yeah, Yeah, very much so. And then I think another one, we kind of already talked about it. The lack of, work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, when I, you know, you get you, you get your dick beat in all day at work, and I'm just tired after work. So I, I don't do anything, except yeah. try and mentally prepare myself for the next day of work, <laughs> which is not, I mean, that's not how you want to live life, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you get your vacation week, and you're just like, no, I don't feel like doing anything, because mm-hmm. I'm just so tired from, yeah. from working so from much. Working.
0: I mean, these, yeah. these issues aren't unique to healthcare, but Right. Yeah. Every, I'm sure everybody's gets burned out and they decide to go in different, which is why, and I think, you know, during COVID that's a lot of people left healthcare mm-hmm. because they were like, there's other avenues and I'm going to take those, mm-hmm. which is, it makes sense. Good. Good for the folks that hopefully they found something that makes them happier. Yeah. But, but
1: unfortunately uh, that just made things worse. Right. Cause you're already understaffed to begin with. And now people are leaving at a mm-hmm. higher rate cause they're like, man, I can't do this anymore. And they've COVID, you know, they found something Mm-hmm. that they like to do more. They could do better. They can make more money, whatever they were happier. It doesn't matter why they left. It just meant they did leave. Right. So, mm-hmm. and I think it's only going to get worse. I don't know that yeah. yeah, as long as you keep making healthcare the, a business where insurance mm-hmm. dictates what we can do. And, mm-hmm. and another thing we never, I've I been pretty toned down about this, but like mid levels, I'm not a huge fan of, of mid levels, especially in radiology. Cause they're the ones that order, Mm-hmm. Majority of the imaging that is not, ne- not necessary.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, I would say the ED is the worst because they can get away with it. They can just order whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But then when the mid levels are next, and especially in the ED, mm-hmm. a lot of hospitals have uh, what would they be called? Like a nurse triage nurse, I guess that you like meets, greets the patient at the when they come. They take the hit the quote unquote history, mm-hmm. which is garbage. And but they're the ones that like order the imaging. Mm-hmm. And so half the time I'm reading imaging one. It doesn't need to be ordered. Mm -hmm. Two, reading it before the ER physician has even seen Mm -hmm. patient because the triage nurse is the one that ordered it. So,
0: and and, you know, and and to speak on that, that happens. um, They, I I don't know if it, and I guess I can't speak for the being out there, but I feel like the patients come in, they say they check certain boxes. You know, you have leg pain, you have Mm -hmm. pain, you you know, whatever that box is that's checked, and then that nurse is supposed to order whatever it is on behalf of mm-hmm. the practitioner or the mid-level or the doctor
1: it's just uh, cookbook medicine they're just following a recipe
0: yeah it says, oh i have
1: i have leg pants flying i better get a, a DVT mm-hmm. study right you know
0: it, and a lot of times and, and not a lot of times but then ultimately sometimes you get and i can speak as as a frontliner i think you know you'll get behind and so you're not able to immediately once they order that and sometimes an hour later the, the attending will see the patient and they'll decide, no, they don't need that study. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want, I don't want to order that. And so it was just, like you said, it was just checking the boxes and then they saw them and they were like, no, they don't have a, it's not a DVT. It's a yeah. arterial or it's a, you know, they have an abscess or they have a, you know, yeah something else that you're like, this, this exam wouldn't have made sense. And you're like, well, thank gosh we didn't like have time to do it at that moment because we'd have wasted our time doing it and they would waste time having it
1: there's just no thinking sometimes and i think yeah. especially as a radiologist i get put on the hook for this stuff mm. you know it's mm-hmm. unnecessary exams that yeah. i have to read we may not get paid for it i know i know i said it shouldn't be a business but it mm. it is a business so i want to get paid for the work that i do right uh, so then if you do the study and insurance is like oh you know that study wasn't really necessary we're not going to pay you for it so i just did all that you did the work for free i did mm. the work for free right so there's no thinking i get put on the hook And it's just, it makes our list, I don't even know what percentage, but I would say a vast majority of what we read is probably not indicated, especially Mm -hmm. out of the ER. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's like a ground level fall and they just get the, you know, CT all the way down. I'm like, guys, you have to use some, like, there's just no uh, logical thinking at all. And I think it's a big issue with, you'll hear a lot of young doctors like myself, especially radiologists say that we've become like the physical exam. Right. So they just order it and they're like, you tell me what's wrong with the patient. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, when you see like a, this is kind of a very niche specific tangent, but when you see like the um, CTA chest, CTA chest, and then they also get the abdomen pelvis with it, that is like the number one clue that they have no fucking idea what they're doing. They don't know what they're looking for. They're just like, you tell me what's wrong with the patient. Mm -hmm. And so I think all of this is just to say that. We're kind of doing it to ourselves, right? These mid levels over ordering, mm-hmm. causing us to work more, you guys to work more. Mm-hmm. So this just gets into the volume is too much. You're understaffed. And it's something I I struggle with now. It's like I think a lot of young doctors do, especially in radiology. Like mm-hmm. reading exams, you don't need to read. You just get pissed off about it. Or you look mm-hmm. at the history and you're like, Man, this is not indicated. So it's it's just something it
0: which, will fade, which, right? But which which goes into the full circle of this is burnout. This is, this yeah. is, list. you know, your unnecessary exams ordered, unnecessary exams done, unnecessary readings, yep. not being paid yep. by the insurance companies. So in turn, you're not getting paid, um, as much as you should have. And,
1: and I mean, this, this will go with other specialties like cardiology. I'm sure they get consulted for chest pain all the time. Mm-hmm. And you just, they didn't think that like, this is not cardiac in origin at all. Or you get a troponin and it happens to be elevated, you know, the, which is like a marker for MI, but it's not specific. Like a whole bunch of other stuff can cause it to be elevated. But now the patient's like, oh, you know, my my markers were elevated. Should I get a cath? And there's just all this stuff. It's not unique to radiology, but, you know, then the lab has to come draw troponins on a patient. They're like, you really didn't need to draw troponins in the first place. So lab's understaffed, but now they're just running around like madmen. So it's it's just, it's crazy how... It just all trickles down,
0: and I, and I think that goes back to you know orga- organization as well. If, mm-hmm. if things are if things are ran better, if mm-hmm. if if you have if you can and sometimes if you don't have you know having appropriate staffing, and I think yeah. of I think of a, a book I read like if Disney ran your hospital, and it just goes to like how intricate everything is so detailed. Yeah, from you know it just with disney with if there's a chip in the paint you know it's repainted every night and so that way you have the same experience um also with their you know and and i'm like jumping off by the Mm table comparing with another company or with another thing but if you if you are that detail from top to bottom some of these things don't happen you don't lose people you don't have burnout you Mm -hmm. don't have high turnover ratios you're not having people go on strike which within in different, if with unions, you know, mm-hmm. nurses go on strike or allied health go on strike. And then you have to bring in people from the outside crossing picket lines, which is happening right now in the United States with, with folks having to, you know, they're paying a high amount of money to people to go work strikes. They're paying for their housing. They're paying for their food, yeah. they're paying for the security and the police to make sure that they safely can get to and from work because people some folks don't like people who work strikes which and is just so. counterintuitive
1: if you just paid the people what they wanted originally it would probably be cheaper to save you I don't know how much these people are making but yeah. I'm sure it's thousands tens of thousands of dollars to you know pay the people pay for the housing pay for the food uh-huh. security whatever so you're losing money you yeah. have they have to be losing money with these strikes it's yeah. just it seems so counterintuitive it's stupid like
0: and you think about your like grand scheme of things like i want to be a business i want to be a hospital for a long forever mm-hmm. and so if i want to do something for forever like pay your people appropriately take care mm-hmm. of your people appropriately you know sometimes it takes hard decisions make make the hard decisions but take care mm-hmm. of your take care of your good staff take care of your people and in turn they'll take care of the patients and and you know feel a part of something you know you 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 want to feel part of something that's special you work at this special healthcare institution versus yeah. you work at a healthcare institution where it's like known for bad exams or bad, doctors, yeah. or bad you know customer service whatever it is like um people are proud think, where they work
1: i think people would even take less like yeah. like i would work i would take less money to work at a hospital that's like well ran they treat mm. everybody well you know, Mm -hmm. there's not all this red political tape is just not there as opposed to going somewhere and making more, but it's like you said, poor exams poor. it's poorly run. Like, Mm -hmm. I I just don't see how they don't see like just basic concepts.
0: What's interesting is, is I think, and I don't know the exact one, but I think last time I looked it up was um, pay was like top five. And so there's like so many other things that are more mm-hmm. important. Oh, you mean as to
1: like what they were looking at for jobs? Which
0: yeah, yeah. looking for a job, you're looking for opportunity for growth. Mm-hmm. You're looking for opportunity to, to do different things. You're looking to be, you know, the number one piece. The number the, the number one reason why people quit their jobs is their manager or their boss. Like Shit, that's the number one reason. Like yeah. it's not it's not pay. It's not number one. It's the boss because people will stick it out with people that they want to be around. Um, for less money mm-hmm. if their bosses care. Um, but if, if you, if you have a crummy boss, then, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden everything else starts well, I have a crummy boss and then well, I work at a crummy place and then yeah. I, I get paid well. It's just and like then one then, bad seed gets planted and then, and then it just, it's all down. Line. But if you have that one good and then people are like, okay, well, you know, like we're in this together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like that. I, I've had no black people in the military and like that brotherhood, sisterhood. Like mm-hmm. they're the people who risk their lives for our country are, are incredibly underpaid for what you know, risking oh, yeah. their lives. Yeah. But like they're your brothers and your sisters and they take care of each other and um yeah. The uh, camaraderie. Yeah. The camaraderie. Yeah, yeah. Like i I you know, I'm willing to lay my life down for you. And yeah. And they don't make a they don't make enough money to lay their life down. <laughs>
1: I don't know if there is enough money,
0: yeah, there's not, there's no amount of money that, and I mean, we,
1: you know, this is, like I said, not one, it's not unique to medicine Two, It's not new. This has been going on for a long time. Mm -hmm. And three, I mean, this is not an exhaustive list. We're well aware of that. There are tons of other things that it's individualistic, right. For Mm -hmm. burnout for you, what causes burnout for you is different than what causes burnout for me. But uh, I guess the question is we'll talk about in a later episode is like, what, how do you fix it? So that's just something we can you can chew the fat on, but mm. there's gotta be ways to fix it. I mean things can't be they can get worse, obviously, but they can get a whole lot better. So someone mm. smarter than us has to come up with something. Yeah. Because they're just they're running medicine into the ground, running doctors, techs, and there's everybody from except administration, everyone that does majority of the frontline work is just getting run to the ground. Right,
0: and and there are you know, and you don't say all administrators because there are some good, there's some, yeah, yeah. there some good people that work hard and do some good jobs. I just think that as a general, um if a place is poorly run, it's it starts from the top down. So mm-hmm. whether, whether they're you know the I've I've worked in places where when I was you know very low in the totem pole with very high up people, and you can just see they'll say something and then as it trickles down the vision like it just gets changed and changed and changed and changed and the next thing you know by the time it gets to the bottom you're like you know there's many times that i was like this is not what the meeting was like what we wanted to do according to the meeting but like this is how this manager took that message and Mm -hmm. that and you're like this is man okay and like you that game of telephone that just yeah you start
1: with one thing and by the end it's a completely different and this gets into something we don't have to talk about you know extensively but that we talked about off camera in putting people that have done the job in the position to manage the job right mm-hmm. so obviously i speak through the lens of a physician physicians don't have very they're not well represented when it comes to you know these c level suites most of like your ceos your coos all those are they're not physicians So you have people that have like a business degree that have no idea how this shit runs on a day-to-day basis trying to run the stuff. Right. So this gets into like maybe techs and nurses and doctors are the ones that Mm -hmm. should be in these upper level positions because they do it on a daily basis.
0: And, And I think, and I think healthcare, I like to say it's unique because in a, in a perfect world, you know, you would, you would have, and and I guess everybody makes mistakes in different organizations, but I feel like, like in a perfect healthcare world, you know, you'd have, you're doing a procedure. So you would need one UE synthesis or one, whatever that object is, whatever that thing is, but like somebody drops it or, or, you know, something happens and it doesn't work correctly. So you need another one and you need another one. And so having that person in the role, who's been in these, you know, procedures and been in a part of these healthcare mm-hmm. operations and have seen has worked with because we're not working with customers here we're working yeah. with patients who are, are sometimes deathly sick yep. and so it's a different it's a different mind frame than customers people aren't coming a lot of time people obviously there's preventative medicine and, and things like you know checkups yeah. and things but if people are coming to the hospital like you're sick or like there's something wrong yeah. and you know you're not a customer trying to buy something you know a pair of pants on Amazon or something and you're like oh it just doesn't yeah. fit right like there my body there's something wrong and so having somebody who's has that who's a physician or a nurse or some sort of healthcare practitioner um who are in these higher levels who can understand because i it's 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 incredibly frustrating because i've worked with gage has talked about i've worked with people who were my bosses who were MBAs or, or you know, yeah. business, business folks. I anyway.
1: don't even know what an f- ultrasound probe is. And they're trying to teach yeah. you how to.
0: Yeah. Who has no clinical side. And so, you know, you're trying to explain to them, like, I'm doing it this way because this, the patient and this and this, and they're just, you know, you look at the bottom line and the sales numbers or whatever. And you're just like, you're not, you don't, you're not seeing it the way that we're seeing it. Mm-hmm. And, so, and like, I've, you know, I've, I have the the business side degree as well and so i'm like i see what you're saying but like i also see it from the healthcare side, side yeah. like, and 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 you hate to say like you can't see the way you know it's like a sport you know another level it's like yeah. a sports person you know somebody who talks sports and somebody who's like play the professional sports like you can never see it you know you weren't good enough to see it from that professional side um, but they're able to talk about it and so you're trying to teach somebody something that they've never done that they probably will maybe we'll probably never do I guess. Yeah. they're on that business side and and um it's tough so i agree with gauge i think that's challenging i think having
1: i don't know how you fix it but somebody's got to do something you know
0: and i think in some of the best institutions that the the ceos this like the c level you know ceo coo you know obviously your chief medical officer is a, is a probably a physician but um are people who have worked in healthcare directly with patients. And and I think that goes a long way when you know that like, Oh, my CEO was a nurse or my CEO was a physician or my CEO, like they know what it's like. And so when you, if you do have to have a discussion with them, you can have that.
1: Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, and there, I think another, we don't another thing we don't have to deep dive into is just not burnout's not just on us, right? Yeah. Like you said, medicine's kind of unique, but, I think uh, uh, the current, what is maybe landscape, I guess, of how patients see us, mm-hmm. mainly physicians. I think they they perceive nurses and techs a little bit better than they perceive doctors. They think we're always lying to them and all we care about is money and all this kind of stuff. So I think there's a patient role, mm-hmm. the, a role for the patients to take in helping burnout because it's like it's a very unique um, situation mm-hmm. when patients come to the hospital they expect it to be like a five-star resort Mm -hmm. right one two They, especially in america we just don't take care of ourselves so Mm -hmm. they're contributing to all these unnecessary tests that you know we need to be focused more i'm on a tangent but it's more we need to be focused more preventative medicine than you know reactionary medicine which we're just not in america Mm -hmm. so like i said it's a very by no means was this supposed to be like a a complete list it's a very complex issue that I, i don't know how to solve you know? Yeah. But somebody has to figure it out.
0: Yeah. And then and the back to the preventative medicine, I think that goes with our insurance companies and, you know, it starts there with, they have to be more focused on preventative medicine and be willing to pay for preventative appropriate testing. Yeah. Once,
1: once they learn how to monetize preventative medicine, that's when we'll shift to it um mm-hmm. maybe they haven't really figured it out right now you have colonoscopies and mammograms you have some right preventative medicine but there's just no you're right the insurance is is one of the biggest issues we currently have in america
0: right the which which i'm not first pers- i don't know uh, i know we're the only not socialized healthcare in the in the mm-hmm. western hemisphere yeah um, which i'm not pushing any politics or anything like yeah. that but um
1: socialized medicine, that's another, we could talk about that on another episode. That's a big, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the solution. Everyone thinks it is, Mm -hmm. but uh, maybe it's a step in the right direction. Maybe it's not. I think just briefly, one thing we don't ever think about socialized medicine is your country has to want it to work, right? Mm -hmm. It works in uh, Canada because the mindset of the people in Canada allows it to work. Socialized medicine will never work in America. Our mindset won't allow it. So, yeah. but that's that's a that's a good uh, another topic for another day. So we'll go ahead and jot that <laughs>
0: down. There we go. Yeah, but I'll, I'll uh, add it to the list. I just yeah. i
1: don't i don't think it's the answer. Everybody thinks it is because of we're just mm-hmm. Americans, how they think, how they act.
0: Which which so. we have some socialized, you know socialized areas, and I I, I won't go on a tangent, but we have mm-hmm. our cops are socialized, our fire department is socialized, yes. mm-hmm. um, and so and and those areas are way to or you know if you call nine one one, you get. Um, which the resources that you need and that's socialized is something that we all pay taxes for. Um, and so, but yeah, I think uh I, I'm I with think you. People
1: just think socialized is free and that shit is not free. Mm-hmm. And as someone who this is going to sound pretentious, but as a someone who's a high earner, you're going to take 65% of my taxes or my paycheck in taxes. This shit better be immaculate. Mm-hmm. I mean, healthcare is not the only thing I want for free. If you're going to take, that much money for me. So, yeah, cool. but uh, we got on a tangent. I think as usual. We, got little, we got a little passionate. <laughs> but, uh, I think that we we can end it, yeah. with it, and then so in the next segment we're gonna do my favorite. We're gonna play question of the day. And this question, is a good one. Question,
0: question of the day.
1: Kind of, it kind of goes into it's money related, hmm. but oh, no. and it's God. interesting. But the question for today is. Mm-hmm. if you're married with your partner do you split finances you have your own separate accounts or is it all is it a joint account and you guys both draw from it
0: hmm. i think um the merit so i'll, I'll go based on, on this, some of the things that i've heard mm-hmm. um i think that from all of the like big money folks they always say that you have separate accounts mm-hmm. um it, it you know one that's one of the, what the big little,
1: money folks say what does dennis say
0: yeah, and, and i think that i think they're right and I, and I and i say that because i think um i think finances is one of the top reasons for divorce yeah of course <laughs> and, yeah, and and I, and, and you don't want to, and I think you have separate accounts, whether that person puts money in, you know, that other account or however you have it set up. But I think the separate accounts is always uh, yeah. the answer or, or whether, whether somebody's making, you know, each have your own jobs, however, however that frameworks. But I think having a separate account as well as a joint account, I think you have a joint account too. Oh, I you think want a just,
1: joint account too. Okay. Yeah. I think
0: you have both. So I you're, think,
1: having, you're riding the fence.
0: And I think that's and, and I think that's the answer, though. I think you have your separate accounts, but I think you also think you have a joint account. Whether that joint account pays for the housing or that pays mm. for, you know, whatever whatever that is. So as a, as a professional
1: fence rider, what are your thoughts on uh, prenuptial agreements? Prenuptial
0: agreements. I. <laughs> and so I think, okay, my professional fence rider, um, I think prenuptial agreements are important. I think if you have, especially one person who has, is incredibly wealthy mm-hmm. and they want to protect whether you're Jeff Bezos, you know, I think if you're Jeff yeah, Bezos yeah. and, yeah. and you know, you've accumulated this wealth, the richest person in the world, whatever it is, yeah. I, and, and you want to protect half your wealth, then, then I think that's important for you to do. But I think it's obviously important for your partner to agree on. And so on both sides there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think for me, my answer is opposite of yours. I think everything is separate. I don't want to join account mm-hmm. uh, as someone who is a high income earner. Mm-hmm. I don't want my money mixed with anyone like at all. I have I feel very strongly in the sense that, you know, I'm the one that went to medical school. I'm the one that went to residency. I'm the one that did all of this. Right. So it's mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no issue. Like I'll pay for everything even. I just don't want to join account mm-hmm. and the specifically with like the prenuptial agreements i 110 agree that they should be signed i don't know how well they work you know i'm sure there are ways around them and yeah. this goes both ways right like if mm-hmm. you marry a woman and she becomes a successful business person mm-hmm. i don't deserve half yeah. of her yeah
0: it's not it's just, gender specific
1: yeah mm-hmm. like so i'm not just saying because i'm wealthy and i did all the work that mm-hmm if she becomes wealthy she don't I, like she can keep all that. I, you know, I don't, I don't want it either. I don't deserve it. Right.
0: Well, I mean, I think, I think is if you're, if you're in a partnership, you know, you earn it to, together, but I think you start off with that general basis of, you know, the, that whatever you got and and, and that's, and that's the relationship. You both agree on it. You're both going to sign it. It's both going to be signed by. both. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be agreed upon or it's not, you know, it's not going to happen. You're not yeah. going to, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, and so, and maybe that's the end of the. It re- re- strongly
1: that if, if, like, if I wanted one and she wouldn't sign it, then it's we're done. It's off. Yeah. Do you feel strongly enough that if you wanted one and she wouldn't sign it, you would say, you know, we're done, or are you still gonna be like, all right, fine, whatever?
0: I think oh, man, that's a tough question. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I feel like I'd want something to be agreed upon. So she does not um, sign it. Yeah, I think out I think, the door. I think you know we would, you know, first one you don't work, you kind of rework it. But yeah, I, if if you can't agree on it, then I think then you know maybe they're not the one for each other. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean it's
1: it's a very this is a complex issue. And yeah. I have me personally, I have to take a step back. Right, I make more than most a majority of people, so I understand that two incomes is usually better than one. Some people are often forced to uh, combine finances. I just, I see, you see a lot of stuff where men are disproportionately affected when it comes to the separation, right? So you guys get married, you combine everything. Then when you get divorced, it's usually the man that gets bent over, taken the task. You know, mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos is the perfect example. She, he gave her so much money. She was like the, I don't know, top 10. She was one of the wealthiest people in the world after mm-hmm. the money he gave her. Yeah. And, you know, you're gonna have people like, "Oh, she deserved it. She was his wife. Yada yada yada." Uh, okay, maybe does she deserve to be like the fourth richest person in the world because that's what he gave her? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like let's calm down a little bit. I
0: don't know. Who did?
1: Yeah. You can guess who did most of the footwork for Amazon, and it wasn't her.
0: So, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is something that he's he's built over time. She was, she was a part of, and so, um, it's, it's 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 you know that's he didn't do the prenuptial. And so that's what he had to pay her. And that was what they deemed.
1: Yeah. I mean, she got what she, what she felt like she was worth. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I feel like men are a little bit more disproportionately affected when it comes to this kind of stuff. So I'm very wary of, of, of financial stuff with my status, you know, my, mm-hmm. what my income. So.
0: Well, and I think, and I think any, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, if you're a high earner, you have to pay attention to yeah, be careful. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you know, when it comes to your finances and your money, like pay attention, men, women, kids, I mean, whatever, whatever you are, like pay attention to your finances. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. By no means is this specific for men. It's just in yeah. general, yeah. watch your money, you know, right. People will yeah. come for it. Mm-hmm. I talk about liability and medicine all the time. People will come for money, whether you actually have it or not, if they perceive you to be rich and, I can't imagine being Jeff Bezos is a good example, any kind of famous athlete. Like I'm sure they get sued quote unquote sued for tons of stuff all the time, just because people like, I know you have money and you know, it's probably easier for them to be like, you know, I don't
0: pay him and go away.
1: Yeah. I didn't do this, but I'm just going to pay you. So we don't go to court. Nothing. Like I'll just pay you this money because I have it and you reward bad behavior and it, it works, you know, you reward it enough and it it keeps going. So it's true. Well, those the, are uh, good,
0: good couple yeah, yeah. Of drops yeah. the yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> like uh, I mean, the
1: burnout one—it's complex, right? Like, by, like I said a million times, it's, that was not a complete list, and mm-hmm. didn't even talk about any possible solutions. So, I just thought it, it's very prevalent in healthcare in general. I think you and I—it's mm-hmm. prevalent in our lives. So, I thought it was just something interesting yeah. to to talk about
0: for sure. And so, maybe socialized healthcare. Well, let's calm down, calm down.
1: We're going to, we're going to do that. We're going to, that's another episode. You have to do a little bit of research for that, but that's another we'll talk on. that's coming up. So uh, let's plug, let's shamelessly plug. Uh, oh. If you're watching the video, you can see all of our uh, handles. If you're on the podcast, rad underscore talk underscore DG for Twitter, TikTok, uh YouTube, Instagram. I'll plug myself. I did a radiologist reacts video to the newest Blink-182 song. So if you're a fan of Blink-182, go check it out. And then podcast, I'm still not sure how to plug the podcast. It's on every, I think it's on every major uh,
0: platform,
1: Platform. I guess, whatever you want to call it. Just search Rad Talk. I think Spotify finally fixed it. So it is Rad Talk on every, (laughs) uh, every platform. Mm -hmm. So check us out. Yeah. Until next time. Until next time.